Hello, I'm Ellie Harris. And I'm Mark Boucher. And welcome to Poking Books. A podcast where I introduce a mystery author who will explain their book through three books which influence that book. And somehow I have to guess what their book is about. And Ellie will know absolutely nothing about the author or their book until they sit down to record with us. Their name, what kind of book they've written, I will know nothing until they enter the studio. So, what's it like out there today, Eleanor? It's beautiful sunshine and uh, lots of disease. Yep, swimming in disease out there. It's the forecast today. Yep, (laughs) thanks for the the weather disease forecast. So, yeah, we um, fortunately uh, have stockpiled quite a few episodes. Mm. Uh, Stockpiling isn't always good, but in this case, it's sensible and uh, was great foresight on our part. Yeah, I think when we were recording... Uh, this episode and lots of the episodes we recorded in January and February, mm. we had no idea. No. Nope. The- Promise. <laughs> <laughs> but that means there's lots on the way. We've just been very yeah. busy with life for the last few weeks just to record the intros. As I bet everyone has recently. Yeah. Yeah. But it's time for a bit of escapism. Why not? Everyone can do with a bit of escapism right now. Mm-hmm. So who was our guest today? Our guest today was Irenison. Mm-hmm. And how was Irenison? Irenison was the biggest ball of energy that has ever entered our studio, I think. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun to record. Yeah. Right. Um, I think let's let's jump in. Let's and, do that. Yep. Let's go and meet Irenison. Ellie, this is Irenison. Lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. And I would like to say straight away that as we were coming up the stairs, um, Irenison bought her book with her yeah. and just Correct. had it under arms like I might just cover that in a tea towel give it away I did have my notebook obscuring the title and name but yeah moment, momentary lapse that would have been the easiest one we've had yet it would have been exactly. good exactly I think it's because my book is just instinctively attached to my arm wherever okay. I go so I just always just yeah. do that thing of like reaching for it limb. yes mm-hmm. so Aranasan, do you want to give us your three facts about yourself? Yes. So um, I don't like cauliflower. Okay. It's fair. I want... Yeah, it's not very tasty. I think it's something that can be covered in cheese and (laughs) be considered a meal and still be disappointing. I don't really understand the point of it. Yeah, it doesn't really add anything to a meal as well. So, yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah, that's my first fact. Uh, my second fact is I have a beagle called Gogo, who I love and who's at home waiting for me. <laughs> she's so cute, but also very troublesome. How old is she? But she's five. Okay. Yeah. And she needs lots of walks, okay, which keeps yeah. me... High yes, absolutely. <laughs> as, as beagles are prone to be. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so that's my second fact. And then my third fact is I once met Trevor MacDonald outside the American embassy in London rather randomly Um, and he was exactly as he he is on TV very nice man Mm. really lovely to talk to yeah Mm. I could just imagine him being very serious though he was he wasn't serious actually he was very open and very warm we talked randomly we talked about Atlanta uh, because I have family there we talked about the weather we talked about tea, tea, which is very British. Um, he was just like an ordinary person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he was really, really sweet. Oh, five star reviews for Trevor McDonald. Mm, brilliant. So we've had three facts, Holly. You know oh, what happens next? I right. hate this part. I don't hate it. Gut feeling. Um, 
The facts aren't giving me anything. Sometimes I get stuff from facts. It's a, a zombie apocalypse novel uh, where the dog is the leading character. Yeah, there we go. Zombie <laughs> apocalypse okay? novel I, where the dog... I that. I should write that. <laughs> oh my God. Give me ideas. That was a stab in the dark there. Not got anything yet. I love how your brain works though. <laughs> like what an imagination. Like, yeah, no. I'm not sure if it's a good thing or, or not. Brilliant. I think let's move on um, yeah. to Aranathan's first book. Okay. So I'm gonna mention Fantastic Mr. Fox by Roald Dahl. It was the first book I came read when I came to this country. I read it at age eight. And uh, I just loved it. It was just so wacky and funny. And the fact that it had this fox uh, at the heart of the narrative who was sort of outwitting his neighbours. I just loved what Dahl did in terms of, um, you know, creating work that was nuanced but funny, that kind of straddled adult fiction but was also for young kids um and it really just captured my imagination Mm -hmm. so yeah that's what i loved about it and also very funny it gets tail shot off in it i always remember that bit they talk about whether it will grow back (laughs) yes i remember that too no it's it's a great book and then of course i went on to read a lot of his other books as well after that but that one in particular yeah sticks in my mind because it was the first one of his i read all right so, what do you reckon? Are you still going for the zombie apocalypse novel uh, that Arneson said she wishes she'd written? <laughs> I am going to move away from the zombie apocalypse novel, um, though, you know, we can talk afterwards about uh, how we develop that idea. I'm happy to input. That's absolutely fine. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> this podcast so is helpful. <laughs> you are welcome. I think it's a book aimed at adults that has a wide reach um i'm gonna use i'm gonna stick though with my dog as the main character thing from my previous previous guess and i think there is travel involved I'm, my brain's sparking all over the place mm. uh okay i'm so tempted to help you and go <laughs> yes yes you're good. <laughs> I'm, I'm having to just like um, um the you... adventures of our main character the dog this dog is called matthew and Matthew the dog is going on an adventure or some sort of quest. Okay, but you think possibly for adults? Yeah. Great. So maybe it's really cynical. Maybe it's trying to put across messages um, that are prevalent in our current society, but doing it with a dog as a main character to alleviate some of that. I like the messages element. I think that's, yeah, warming up nicely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see how the next book on the list um, adds to that. <laughs> Confuse- or just, or just confuses it. you That's even fine. more. We've, yeah. we've had A to Zs as a book in the past, so, you know, it's, it can go anyway. Like it would be anything quite like just an A to Z or something like that. I know, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> kind of choice is that i know it's crazy what's book number two oh god all i'm gonna say is you will have heard of this okay um what's book number two so book number two is the oxford english dictionary (laughs) 
<laughs> talking about A to Z, I was like, that is a nice prefix, actually, to talk about this one. But yes, yeah, so um, what I do is I often like to write little prose poems uh-huh. um, just to practice every day. Uh-huh. And when I come across a word that's really interesting, I will go straight to the Oxford English Dictionary uh-huh. and get, get a bit more context and then try to sort of weave it into some of those poems or when I'm creating images. And some of those images have found its way into the book. So I've kind of used the dictionary in a playful way to help with the writing process. Any particular favourite words you've stumbled across? And thought, that's a great word. Oh God! Oh, what can I? What can I remember? That's that's fantabulists. Mm-hmm. Is one. Okay. Uh, what else? There are all sorts of like random words that you wouldn't think would be words okay. that you encounter, which yeah. is really, really lovely. Um, so it was good for that. I'm trying to think what else. I cut my mind has gone blank at the moment, but I know it was useful in terms of just like finding different things that, you know, randomly picking words and trying to incorporate it or do playful exercises with it. So. There's a really good board game that we used to play as a family called Border Dash. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're given a word that like nobody's ever heard of, mm. and then the person who is like their go it is, they write down the true definition. Everybody else writes down fake ones, and then they're all read out, right. and people vote. And you get a point if you get the right definition. You get a point if somebody votes for your definition. And if nobody gets the right thing, then the person whose go it is, they get points. And it is a lot of fun, but you start to work out what kind of bullshit um, (laughs) definitions. Like mine was something obscure that would just have an animal involved in it somehow. But what happens if you don't know the definition and you've got to write it down? Nobody knows it. Like if you if you knew the definition of the word, then they pick such obscure words that you will never have heard of them. Okay. So because if everybody was like, "Oh, I know what that word is," the game would be destroyed. I wondered if these words are even real. People know what an owl is. No, that's what I'm saying. Owl. So you wouldn't use owl. I was no. coming off your point of you don't use those words. Not everyone like... knows what an owl is, Mark. I'm sure there's someone out there who's never heard of an owl. It probably is. Oh. I'm sure there's a few. <laughs> you never know. I, I would just like to say officially on this podcast, everybody knows what a fucking owl is. <laughs> I'd like people to message if they haven't. I'd like, I yeah, we can start a poll. I don't know. It's just like, this is just like... This, this has this gone thing. on a tangent. Oh, this has gone... Ali, you've had plenty of time. Oh, gosh. Think. Yeah, but now my brain's gone on a different journey. So um, can I change my mind completely again? You I'm can do whatever you to. want. Yeah. Okay. You are that's, that's, a free spirit. <laughs> I am a free spirit, Mark. You're, you're right. Nobody can um, tie you down. You mentioned poetry. And if you're doing that every day, then maybe that works its way into your book. Maybe it is a collection of poems, an anthology one might might say, about real world issues but taking a um, kind of cynical, light-hearted, funny spin on things. Uh, I always think about this beautiful poetry book I had when I was younger and what's that poem called? It's about a tiger. A tiger who came to tea with you as a kid? No. Anyway, there was a poem about a tiger. (laughs) There was a poem about (laughs) William Blake. I'd, oh, I can't remember. Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forest. Yes, of the night. that one. William Blake. What a mortal hand okay. I can fame thy fearful symmetry. So that. It was shit at rhyming. I had this book and there was a beautiful picture and like illustration of the tigers as well. But maybe it's not like, I'm not saying your drawings aren't beautiful. I'm just saying maybe. I was about to take offence. <laughs> more of a like, you know, when you get funny comic strips in the paper and that's kind of like a piss take on the world. Maybe that's the kind of vibe we're going for great 
Maybe around the poem. Yeah. Okay. My visual brain's going. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. She's 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 getting closer. She's getting. She's good. Yeah. I was going to say she's honed in on your kind of sense of humour and your kind of. I was just about to reiterate that. Yeah. 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 The kind of playfulness. I'm not really sure we've had a non-cynical author in it. No, we did. Wallace yeah. was non-cynical. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, anyway. good, good, good. It's so. really hard not to... I'm trying <laughs> to just, like, keep my body still, because I want to just, like, light up when uh-huh. she says stuff that I don't want to Right. I want to let's go for book number three. Final book. Final so, the book. final book is Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Which was okay. It was published in the 1930s. Uh-huh. Um, she's a Black American author, uh, and it was during the period called the Harlem Renaissance, where yeah. kind of lots of Black authors um, were published and were giving a bit of a voice. But what's great about this book is that it didn't have much success at the time. But then years later, like people rediscovered it, and it then became a bit of a like fan favorite and a staple in Black American fiction. So I really loved that about it. But also at the heart of it, it has a really complicated, free-spirited, messy heroine, um, you know, who sort of, uh, in terms of her adventures, transcends the limits of race and class. And I love all of that. Um, you know, it's, it, it has a real feminist aspect to it. Um, and it's a really great book and very much inspired me. So, yeah, it's my third choice. Great. I, I want to jump straight off of that and go okay. in for a guess, I think. Okay. I think it... I'm still going to go with an anthology of poems. I think they might be about you and your your travels or your kind of way of looking at the world and maybe different places you've been to and sort of a, a reflection on how you interact with the world and like a cynical take on that. So your observations through poetry with some kind of cynical humorous twists and yeah and some drawings as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. let's leave the drawings in there I, in my head it looks really beautiful in my head it looks really nice like i can i can envisage it what color is the cover oh i didn't do the cover i just did the inside which uh, is what which is to be fair <laughs> is what she's into what our renaissance has created okay like uh like a bluey purple but deep and maybe some cool patterns on the cover okay. interesting <laughs> i just wow. feel like vibrant but like cool yeah you know nice. understated but like also packs a punch in there so you like you want to you want to open it you're quite excited to open the book great and it looks good on the bookshelf brilliant that's handy that's, that's good yeah. i hope so <laughs> Well, yeah, the element of travel that you picked up on is is quite nice, quite strong, I think. And seeing the world through a particular perspective or perspectives. I I, I feel like we're at that point. I've got to get the book. (laughs) Okay, okay. I can't go still. (laughs) I feel like we've sped through it. I feel like we've sped through this one quite fast, but I think that there's. But it's because be it's lot... exciting. I can yeah. feel like it ramping <laughs> yeah. up. I can like. I can feel there's like an there's energy also... in the room. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think there's there's a fair amount to unpack as well. So, okay. Uh, yes. Um, okay. Um, Arunasan, do you want to give your full name, the name of your book, and um, what it's about? Yeah, so my full name is Arenison Okoje and my book is called Nudie Branch and it's a collection of short stories uh, about characters in extraordinary situations 
often at the cusp of some sort of change and their sort of transition through that, uh, often in fantastical, dark, comic worlds. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and I write about the city quite a bit as well in London too. So yeah, hopefully it has all those lovely kind of vibrant elements within it. Oh, okay. And uh, the cover looks like this. It's patterned and it's got some blues in it. <laughs> oh, this is see? the first time you've basically <laughs> described the book. When, when she described it, I was like, oh my God, this is so on the money. Oh, that's a beautiful it's, colour. It's mm, it does beautiful really cover. It does really stand out. I was actually walking through um, Waterstones Piccadilly the other day and I was like, ah. Oh, I like that. That's music to my ears. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Yeah. I can't believe I got so close with the cover. That's the You were spot on. I don't know. You must have just looked at me and thought, oh, she's definitely got a book. It's got, it's, it's, got, it's got an interesting yeah, cover. Good. Would look good on the shelf. Look at the gold. Yeah, I can see it in my mind's Would eye. look good on the shelf. It does look good on the shelf. <laughs> no, as, I can, yeah. I, we've tr- I've tried it out. Yeah. Put it on the shelf. <laughs> well, it, yeah. I thought I'd no, just I pop like the shelf so that I can see what it looks like it's on the really shelf. beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'm currently working with Bernadine Avaristo. She's amazing. She's and, and has, yeah, I was just talking to Mark about her. She's a big champion of lots of other writers, very generous. Yeah. You should probably mention why you brought up Bernadine Avaristo as well. Uh, yes, so uh, I can see that Bernadine has uh, written a very nice quote on the front of this book, emblazoned on the front. Do you want me to read it out? Yes. Okoje is a dazzlingly wild, bold and imaginative writer who tells stories with captivating originality and intense drama. This is your second mm. This is my second collection, yeah. So my first book was a novel um, which took me four years to write but was mm-hmm. seven years in total from ideas to like final conception. Uh-huh. But um, when I got really fed up with writing the novel and really stressed out, I picked up a, a collection of short stories by Dennis Johnson called Jesus's Son. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a tiny collection, um, story of like interconnected stories mm-hmm. about this drug addict who's sort of on the fringes, struggling. But I love this so much uh, and it just, did this amazing job of bringing you into his world mm. and making you feel so empathetic for this character who most people wouldn't give, you know, care about. Um, and that just exposed me to what the short form can do. Okay. Uh, and I just loved it. I just became hooked. So I started yeah. writing short stories because I didn't want to just, you know, get to a point of being stuck with the novel and not do any writing. Yeah. But short stories meant that I would keep writing. And then when I f- had written quite a bit, I felt confident to go back to the novel. So I feel like yeah. short stories really sort of saved me. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. Pulled me out of my writing funk. Yeah, got me got me excited about form and what you can do with with the form as well. And having like, even though it's shorter, doesn't mean it can be any less engaging. Like that's quite exciting that you can pull someone into such like feeling and emotion and into a completely different world. And you're creating sort of miniature worlds with short stories, and I think they're really perfect for our time because sometimes people don't have the space to like really engage with the novel, Mm -hmm. even though they want to. But you know, with the short story collection, you can kind of dip in and out. If there's ones that you don't quite connect with, there'll be something that you like. So you still you're still getting your fix. I feel so. I think that it's a really um, exciting form. Are they based on um, fictional characters that you found? Or are they based on? Oh well, <laughs> okay, some of them are. Some of them, well, I guess some of them are fictional characters, yeah. but 
obviously, like, you know, a lot of the characters will have elements of people I know. <laughs> for legal reasons, some yeah. people yeah. <laughs> any similarity is purely coincidental. I, know, yeah. um, I had an I had an ex-boyfriend um, contact me about my last collection and he read a story and he and he was so annoyed and he said, you've made me look like a real dick in this story. <laughs> this is about us. <laughs> Was it well, not even based on him? No, no, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. He was totally accurate. It's like, at least you recognise you were a dick. It's like, I did a good, you know, I did a good job of like, you know, drawing your character and he, he eventually forgave me. We're still friends. Great. But, <laughs> but I, surely that's a compliment. He's inspired yeah. some creative work. Well, like, this is it. I go, it's got to go somewhere, exactly. I often say, you mm. know, um, and it's all good fodder for the writing, you know, all the, yeah. all the experiences. All the life experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. So, what I really like about short stories and like, maybe it's, it's not just as a reader, but as a writer is that you can be even, I think, braver and more brutal with a short story because mm. you know that people aren't, um, watching you know they're not reading sorry i was i said watching because i'm skipping on to the next thing i'm gonna say but it's like um if you kill off your characters brutally to make a point to say something that people aren't going to get upset they've not read loads and loads of books you're like oh no harry potter died falling over (laughs) spoiler Um, (laughs) he just tripped over his tied up shoelaces ron so that's not how harry potter um but I feel that I can often make a real point with stuff mm. like that where you can, you know, you can be super brutal with that kind of thing. And I, But also, they can feel really complete like that because you're not doing it over a longer period. Mm. And the, the reason I went on to watching because I was immediately thinking how perfect some episodes of Black Mirror are mm. because they can do this complete open and shut story. They're mm. not trying to do an ongoing series where right. they're doing, you know, we're stuff's going to change and people are going to change their minds mm. you can commit to a very sort of compact yeah. you sort of yeah. you're set up for that as soon as you start reading it so it feels yeah. like you can kind of freely invest your time because yeah absolutely and I'm I'm quite mean to my characters I'm quite brutal actually um, and sometimes people um, you know contact me saying oh I really enjoyed this story but oh my god I was so invested in that character and you were horrendous to them um, and yeah it's quite a fun thing to do no, but like you said that you know the form allows for you to, to kind of do that because you don't have the space that you would with a novel um, yeah. you know to explore lots and lots about the character so you have to be I think quite um, creative in terms of how you do that and you know and how you kind of leave an impact because there are so many collections out there as well so many good collections that you know you really I always think about how you stand out uh, as a as a writer and as a short story writer you know Um, so in terms of form ideas and tone um, I try to be quite experimental with what Mm. I do because that's what excites me as a writer Um, yeah and travel wise yeah well sometimes we did yeah well sometimes the the characters traverse different dimensions so yeah you know uh, hence hence why um the travel that connection that you made makes sense um and i like to do that actually Mm. with some stories i think it just adds a certain depth another layer yeah to the narrative another layer and and you know you you kind of leave people with the story sitting in the body you know and and i think that that can be quite a strong and affecting thing because you're thinking about it but it works on multiple levels mm. you know so I think that that's quite a fun thing to do and play with yeah. Yeah. I like your unsettling of your readers 
enjoy it's just really sense. it's really fun <laughs> because I'm not um I'm not trying to create an easy reading experience no. um I really believe in uh creating provocative work that mm. challenges people um to think about how they how they empathize with other people and how they see different people in different contexts and you know sometimes we don't relate to what certain people go through but if I can do that in a short story mm. and I can make you see it from a different angle but I can unsettle you in the process and make you interrogate you know these set ideas and set perspectives that people have I think that's quite fun yeah you know so yeah. you know that's the form is really really good for that yeah it also sharpens the senses and makes you sort of like yeah I don't know it's nicer when stuff stays with you I yeah. think because you know Everyone loves a good easy read that you put down. You go, oh, that was nice. And yeah. you sort and of put I like it away. Too. They have their place, they but do. also you want to sort of be, I don't know, caught yeah. out. You want to be sort of the next day, I don't know, at your computer, yeah. typing at work, and then all of a sudden it sort of enters your brain Absolutely. again, and you're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I'm interested in in people who you know who feel othered or or feel maybe slightly invisible as yeah. well. Uh, and, there, and there can be all sorts of reasons, you know, um, class, uh, you know, ethnicity, sexuality. So so I like to write those people. I always talk about writing from the fringes into the centre and placing them in the centre because they're not, you know, characters that you would normally see written about. Um, and elevating and e- elevating them and their stories. I think that's really um, important. So that's why I focus on those kind of um stories and and also because it's just really interesting it's really interesting how you um make yourself visible or how you you know how you function when when you're not reflected in the world you know um when I when I meet women that are really confident but Mm. they're not kind of the sort of women that people would elevate I'm just amazed and blown away by them you know so I kind of want to unpick that and unpack that because it's like, where does your confidence come from? If you're not represented, like, who are you looking at to yeah, give you that yeah, confidence? To give you like, that, yeah. that courage yeah. and bravery. Yeah. And it's just really fascinating and interesting for me, yeah. What sort of characters in this, in Nudie Branch, do you focus in on? Hmm. And do you research them or do you just kind of make them up? Is it your own imagination? How do you... Yeah, so um, I make them up because <laughs> that's quite fun. Uh, one story has uh, a young woman from Martinique who mm-hmm. moonlights as a Grace Jones operator. Um, uh, Grace Jones impersonation, I say, and I, I love Grace Jones and <laughs> just like what she stands for is really kick-ass. So I, I'd always wanted to write about her, um, uh, kind of use her as an influence. So the idea for the story came and it just felt like a really great fit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story about uh, an albino man um, who who's an architect and he goes back to uh, his hometown in Mozambique to build uh, water fountains for his local village after his mother dies. Um, and that's quite uh, a poignant story. Uh, and that idea came from watching a, a really short documentary about um, the experience of albinos in Africa and that they're often targeted and um, hunted and like, you know, attacked. Oh. Yeah, it's really horrendous, you know, um, uh, and go through quite a tough experience just that, you know, normal things that you and I would do like get getting water and just kind of moving about is quite dangerous for them because right. of the stigma attached to it this idea of also being othered within being another yeah, yeah, so you're yeah. doubly othered uh-huh. um you know so I really really wanted to write that story too uh there's a story about <laughs> uh dimensional hopping monks uh <laughs> in the ruins of an abbey um, I mean they are underrepresented <laughs> I mean sure. they are, somebody's got to write about what about the monks um, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, 
yes. <laughs> <laughs> navigating a bloody season of silence. And <laughs> at, at the time, I was going through a period in my life um, where silence was something that really intrigued me. You know, mm. people who feel like they can't express themselves, whether it's because, you know, you might be going through depression or you're going through a hard time. But this idea of being silence. Um, and I'd always been intrigued by monks uh, and had always wanted to write a story and then finally had the courage to do it because um, it was originally a piece for uh, The Unreliable Guide published by Influx Press. So when they asked me to contribute, I thought this is the chance to, to write this, this story. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, my ideas are kind of wacky, yeah, yeah. Um, but I try to ground them as well, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, you know, the things that people go through. Yeah. So it's this kind of uh, hopefully a good mix of yeah. like the fantastical and the real as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant. That sounds super cool. I'm so, <laughs> so just wanted cool. to be reading uh-huh. some of this right now. So, yeah. um, Arana Sen, could you please do us a reading? Yeah, I'd absolutely. love to hear some of it. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. I'm going to read um, from the title story, Nudibranch. Uh, in this piece, a woman of the sea arrives on an island of eunuchs looking for love. Aww. As you do. <laughs> it's a happy ending. It's like Hinge, but better. <laughs> so... I'm so happy I burned the clothes I arrived in. Matthew flicks a petal from his Hawaiian pattern shorts. Oh yes, it's liberating. As if a shackle's been broken. There is something in the air here. I feel like another version of myself. And the women. We can do anything here. You are like Einstein, Kiru offers, pulling him closer. Like his equation of general relativity, mutating in the fabric of space and time. Yes, he says, a look of wonder in his eyes at her, the surroundings, the possibilities. He knocks back his drink. Matthew considers himself a eunuch because of his impotency. She tells him about the shape and girth of an invisible penis he will gain by the time the night is over. Do you know what betrayal tastes like, she asks. There is, a, there is a burden to carrying salty alphabets on my tongue. Matthew blinks up at her, heady, tipsy, a little confused. Three hours pass. Kiru becomes annoyed. She cannot imagine Matthew reaching for the sound of bones tumbling in water, succumbing to being realigned in the frothing white, stark against it, brightly lit and carrying mouthfuls of seaweed with stories of their own to tell. She realises she cannot love him. His receding hairline elicits sympathy, not attraction. His snaggletooth's breathy revelations about science had begun to grate. He would yammer on endlessly until she strangled him on the shoreline. Catching him unaware, she sticks her fingers into his chest, melting flesh, the charred scent rising up to their nostrils as a pattern of smoke unwinds from his chest, shaped like small nudie branch. She reaches through bone, a blueprint at birth washed away by the pumping of blood. Her fingers reach further in, finding his misshapen heart. She runs a finger over the muscle, over the pumping rhythm. She has already caught with the damp folds of her vagina. He is hypnotised by the gleam in her eyes, the baring of her teeth, the lightning blue lines of light running beneath her skin as though she is a circuit. Her finger grabs his heart, pulling it right out. A sucking sound ensues, followed by a vacuum. He makes an ah noise. It is surprise. It is relief. It is tender. A carrier pigeon hovers above, shedding a feather that tumbles into the vacuum in his chest. 
skimming the last conversation he had with an air stewardess once on an easy jet flight about the weight of atoms. The feather tumbling in the dark will change colour once it hits the bottom. The carrier pigeon will report this to the others in its flock. Kiru finds a quiet spot to eat his heart, beneath a tree oozing sap, enjoying the shelter under its drooping white palm-like leaves. She is ravenous. His heart tastes of cigarettes, red wine, tiny bits of aluminium, of small murmurs machines hadn't detected yet. She polishes it off in four bites, licking her fingers clean. Then she stands beneath the ghostly tree, holding her arms up to the light. She sheds her skin. Thank you very much. Wonderful. I love how your mind just goes everywhere and <laughs> yeah, really yeah, yeah, intensely yeah. and suddenly yeah it's not to 100 <laughs> just apologize for that in advance <laughs> you lull people into a sense of like this beautiful like imagery and it's lilting and then it's funny and it catches you unawares and then all of a sudden it's very dark <laughs> and then and then back to beautiful imagery it's just kind of yeah yeah i like to discon- disconcert the reader it's yeah. fun <laughs> Uh, the book's called Nudie Branch. What is a Nudie Branch? Yeah, so Nudie Branch are these vibrant, alien-like looking sea mollusks uh, that shed their skin. Uh, and I felt like it was just very appropriate for the themes in the book and what I was trying to do in terms of the collection and in terms of intention. But just looking at them, I think, is is really like inspiring in terms of imagery because they're, they're all so strange and they look very different, you know, um, and there's so, there's so many different types of nudibranch as well. Um, but I love the way the word sounds. Like I love, one of my things is interesting words. Mm-hmm. Uh, that have several dimensions to them. And I feel like nudibranch is is a word like that. You know, it sounds unusual, but it also sounds great. And it's titles it's are nice Yeah, it's nice in the mouth and it's it's yeah. it's a fun, cool title, I think. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. cool. So it's nudibranch, not nudibranch. I say nudibranch, but yeah, I'm sure some people have been guilty of saying nudibranch. <laughs> yeah. I've got no idea. <laughs> you really kind of feel like you're there and it goes dark places, makes you prick up your senses or even but you're enjoying the dark well i'm glad it makes you alert because you know um it's funny writing them because people when i have to meet people they say god you seem so lovely i can't believe what goes on in your brain you seem like a really nice person i'm fooling you as i do in my writing (laughs) but i get that i love that you know i often write really dark kind of things and i like it because the rest of you know, the time, you're not dealing with sort of dark stuff. Like, mm. Right, I'll put mm. that all in one place. Yeah, That's uh, yeah. better mm. to put it in some writing rather than go out there and so that, right, I'm feeling really dark. I'm going to kill a few people. <laughs> and I'd rather do that in my work. That. Yeah. 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 I also yeah. think there are um, certain expectations of women writers and what mm. they're supposed to write about and how they're supposed to write. And yeah. I like to kind of blow all of that out of the water, really, and just sort of turn that it's on its heads. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> In a good way. Yeah. No, because it's, you know, we also have these feelings of rage and revenge yeah. and wanting to hurt people that have hurt us. And, and I think it, it's great to have that all go into the work and really explore that and, you know, kind of not be told that you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't write in that way, you know. So I, I think we've got to make space for it. I was looking up people who had been like, uh, Brixton Book Jam's quite a good sort of resource. Mm, absolutely, yeah, they have really good authors come on there, night. Yeah. And then seeing if I can find videos of people so I can see 
you know, if they sound interesting. And immediately mm. you said something in one of your was like, yeah, I like stuff that's a bit fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, this, this is this, who I want. This is the one, yes. <laughs> I was really interested to know how long it takes you to write these short stories because mm. I can imagine them flowing out of you quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, I tend to, when I'm writing a story, usually over a month. Uh, and um, I wrote this collection over the course of a year, uh, just kind of bar three stories. Uh, and I, I do feel a sense of urgency when I write short mm. stories and I think that, that that lends itself really well to the form if if it has that kind of urgency in it and yeah. um, and it just it, we talked earlier about holding people's attention mm. and I think if you when you have that in the pieces uh, that's a great thing that's mm. a that's, that's a great strength and um, I remember once someone I went to a reading group and it was like an older reading group and honestly it's like they were it was it was lovely and hilarious because they did not know what they were getting because they had to read <laughs> my they had to read my collection speak like Angela in advance and then I came uh-huh. and, and and they were just slightly concerned about me they were like <laughs> they, okay, they, they all of that they were like oh, is everything okay you know have you gotten it out of your system <laughs> and, uh, and, this, and this gentleman said to me no it was really he said I found it it's not the sort of book I would normally pick up and mm. and it really challenged me but in a good way and I thought that that was really great you know if if you have work that that does that Mm. 100% and actually given that it's like otherworldly in places zombie apocalypse book was not too far off if we I said I loved that idea I did I was like (laughs) so you guys are gonna write this together I I will I will be picking your brains and (laughs) also you did mention you said there was a dog. You picked a name out of the air and you said Matthew. Matthew was named yeah. in this story. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't know. She was kind of on it tonight. I I don't know what you've been like with other guests, but... Real hit and miss. But be you've been very kind of on the money today. Uh, I don't know what, what happened, but it's... Yeah. I had to keep holding back. I, just really, <laughs> I can physically I just, see it. I can I, physically. I, I, I always knocked Mark out of the way at one point. I was like, "Oh my god, she's getting so close!" <laughs> uh, Brilliant. Okay. Amazing. Oh. Wonderful. Renaissance, thank you so much. Thank for, you for having me. It was such a pleasure. Was really fun. Yeah. What a great really podcast. Yeah. That is the first time you've guessed exactly what the book cover looks like. Uh huh. Yep, that was some good work. I've changed the podcast now, Mark. It's now guess the cover of the book rather than the content. Yep, because it turns out you are creepily good at that. Creepy is my middle name. I thought it... Okay. I thought you had two middle names and neither of them were creepy. Maybe I'll add a third one. Deedpole. I ran into one was a lot of fun. Mm, a lot of fun. I, what was particularly nice was watching her like physically not be able to hold all of her kind of thoughts and emotions in she was uh the wasn't the best at poker face then but uh was trying really hard it was yeah it was fun yeah yeah no she was great she i think her and her and sam in episode three were two of the people that i wish you could see how animated they were getting yeah irenison and gogo i hope you're doing well out there enjoying the sunshine you've been listening to poking books with ellie harris and mark bowsher 
You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Both of them are just at pokingbooks. No hashtags, no underscores, just simply at pokingbooks. You can also listen to the podcast at soundcloud.com forward slash pokingbooks. Or wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember, if you do enjoy the podcast, please subscribe because it means more people will find us and listen to us. You've been listening to a Rabbit Island podcast and do tune in for the next episode very soon. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.